Hi, this is Kelly, and this is God, Dreams, and Really Good Coffee. How are you all doing out there? Are we not rocking and rolling in a sea of what is going on? Oh my goodness, folks, I'm so glad you're here. I have so much to share with you today, things that God has just been feeding into me, and I have to tell you, I would have put a message out Friday, but I just needed time to get with God. And when I present these podcasts, I want to do them based on how God is teaching me. So my prayer to the Lord is always like, hey, help me sort this out. Teach me, Lord, and I'm going to pass that on. I always teach out of a place of learning because I'm right there with you guys. This is a crazy time that we're living in, but I am more than ever confident that the Lord is doing something amazing. Now, if you were here or uh, if you've listened to the last few episodes, you will see that I am saying or have been saying that God is about to do something amazing. And people that have listened to that podcast, a few people have come up to me, whoa, (laughs) what's the amazing part? Everything seems a little chaotic going on right now. So we don't know what's going on. And you know what? I get it. I get it. But I know that my father is such a good, good father and that he hears the prayers of his people. And I know that. So I've spent some time with the Lord and I have a great message to give you all today. It is a very encouraging message and I hope you will be blessed by it. But before I do, I want to tell you it is God, dreams, and really good coffee. And we're going to talk about a little bit of each one of those things, but I have a confession. I'm not drinking coffee. Uh, I'm drinking tea. (laughs) So I want to ask for some grace to possibly talk about tea a little bit too, because I love both. I usually get up in the morning and have a great cup of coffee, but after that I switch to tea. And uh, that's just how it works for me. I'm not sure how it works for you, but I'm going to tell you what tea that I am drinking today. Are you ready? I am drinking a mint basil herbal tea, and I personally buy this. Again, not a promo. I'm not getting promos here. No kickbacks. I just want to tell you what I love. And I'm drinking a mint basil herbal tea. I purchased this from the Spice and Tea Exchange, and I love it in the morning because it has a bit of mint basil and the mint is a peppermint but it's very subtle it's not overwhelming and it just in the morning it settles my stomach and just makes me feel great it's kind of refreshing and clean and it's a great way to start the morning after you have that really great cup of coffee right (laughs) i don't know whether you're a tea drinker but that's what i am drinking today and i highly recommend you check that out if you're a tea drinker as well or just stick to your coffee right It's entirely up to you. And there's a lot of grace for all tastes, right? Okay, so what is the message that has been on my heart? And particularly, God has been giving it to me over the last day. And as always, my ministry and my whole message is that God wants to speak to you. So we have so many spiritual leaders out there, and I respect them all. I respect them, but... When the messages that you are hearing from not only the spiritual leaders, but definitely in the news, 
Have you ever seen? <laughs> wow, I'm just overwhelmed by the narratives that are going on in the in the media right now. Um, I have a degree in journalism, and it has been really disheartening to see the level of, uh, frankly, censorship that's going on. And I don't know what side you're on, but that censorship is easy to see no matter where you are. So I see that. And my whole message and ministry is hard is that people can discern the truth if they have Jesus, because Jesus says, I am the way, the truth and the life. No man comes to the father, but through me. So he's the truth. And he's the life. I also call him the light. He lights the darkness. So when I see all these things going on, I'm asking God for his truth. You know, because I want to not only be shown when I'm right, I would, I want, I sincerely want the Lord to show me when I'm wrong. And that's the only way that we can progress in our journey to become all that Jesus saved us for. And we each have a purpose, and that is a very important thing. So with that said, as you know, I'm sure, as I said last time, unless you have been living under a rock, which none of us have, we're all very aware that we had an election last Tuesday. It is being contested in several states, whether you agree with that or not. That's just the truth. There are lawsuits that are being filed right now. Who knows what's going to happen. Well, God does. God does. So how are we to act and to seek him in the midst of confusion? Because I can tell you that he has a purpose and a plan, not only for you, but for this nation as well. And it, again, I've said it before that November 11th was a very significant day in 1620. That was when the pilgrims first set foot on this land. That's 400 years ago, November 11th. And there was a purpose that William Bradford wrote about, that this nation will be a light to the gospel message. It's very clear. He gave God all of the glory, and that is our purpose. And so my hope is that God's will will be done and that purpose will be fulfilled completely. I don't know how he's going to do it. I don't really care how he's going to do it. I just pray that it's done. And I hope you can agree with me that God's will be done in this land. So how do you move forward in that, given what we have seen going on in the last week of confusion? And not only confusion, I really feel like there's been a su suppression of the truth or of different opinions, and that really bothers me. Because I believe that people can make up their own mind. So I don't have a problem with different sides being presented. I want them to be presented because God will give us discernment if we ask. And the reason why I want to ask you to go to God and ask him, and stop right now, just pause this message right now and ask him to give you discernment over what I'm about to share with you today. Because that relationship with Jesus needs to come between you and Jesus and the Holy Spirit, who will show you what God says. He will guide you into all truth. He will only tell you what he hears from God. There's your discernment. It's there. You have it. Don't rely on me. I want you to ask the Lord to give you discernment. If you're a child of God, a believer in Jesus Christ, 
that you believe that he died for you, that he was the son of God and he rose again and defeated the grave. You are promised the comforter, which is the Holy Spirit. And he's going to guide you. He's going to teach you. There's a lot more that we're learning. The scripture is full of wonderful teachings of Christ, but Jesus himself promised, I have more. And the Holy Spirit's going to help you with that. That's where we are. If you are not a believer, please contact me at info at kellylangston.com and I'll talk you through a simple prayer. You simply need to go before God and admit that you, like all of us, are a sinner and that Jesus has the power to wipe out the debt of that sin because he died on the cross and paid for it. And now we can boldly approach the throne of God. Think about that. We have that right once that we have been uh, given that right by what Christ did for us. Okay, so I'm going to go. That's important. So contact me at info at Kelly, K-E-L-L-Y, Langston.com. If you have any questions about that whatsoever, glad to just chat with you via email. So let's get into this message. Folks, what do you do when you are surrounded on all sides by an enemy? And I want to talk about the biblical accounts of when you have reached a wall and it looks like things are over. This is very important because we have to look through battles in scripture and we can get insight into what we're supposed to do when those battles were won, how were they won, And what was our role? That's very important. And you can study biblical stories and accounts of battles and you'll get some insight there. The message that I have is the key takeaway. One of the most important weapons of warfare for Christians in the heat of the battle, regardless of what side you're on, we are in the heat of a battle. We are completely divided. God's will and God's voice is being suppressed. I've seen it with my own eyes. The Christian message is being mocked. The truth is being mocked. And I see that. So the most important thing for a believer is to be able to get out that message of the gospel because that is the message that changes lives. That gospel message sets us free. It's for freedom that Christ came to set us free. So it is so important to get that message out. And I see it being suppressed. Why? Well, I'll give you an example. In California, the churches were told not only to not meet, but you can't sing. You could not sing. Now, what does that mean? Well, singing praise. That is worshiping God. That's one of those things that, (laughs) if I may, really ticked me off. I'm going to be brutally honest with you. Because worship belongs not to man, but God. Worship belongs to God. It is a spiritual attack. When I'm not blaming the people that did it, I see it as an enemy shutting up or attempting to shut up praise. They tried to steal it from God. I remember, and I'm going to be a little personal, one of the things that I've done in my life is I've been a worship, a member of a worship team or a worship leader, and it has been the greatest, most beautiful chapter of my life. I did it from when I was very young in elementary school, all the way to about six years ago. But it was the joy of my life. And I was not the best singer, you know, not the best. But the thing that I loved with all my heart is to watch the power of praise. And I had this blessed opportunity to stand before a congregation 
and to sing praise music. And a lot of that praise music was built from scripture. That was the words of the Bible set to music. And my greatest delight was not in singing this perfect song with perfect notes, because I didn't, but my greatest delight was to see the Spirit of God fall through that praise and to join the people. You could see it on their faces. Have you ever noticed that? Think about it. Have you ever met somebody that is so filled with the joy of the Lord that you can see it almost it's it's a shining and it's not a literal shining, but the countenance is full of peace and joy and radiance. Have you ever noticed that? I have watched from singing and with the opportunity to look as the people would come before God in praise and you could see that countenance change across those people as they came. It was amazing. You could physically see the effects of a spiritual battle because praise and worship is a battle. It's preparing the hearts for the word of God, which changes us. It's a beautiful thing. So when that was suppressed in California and other places, it was a demonic suppression. I'm going to be honest, brutally honest with you. Now, I'm not blaming the people who did it. I'm blaming the enemy because the enemy well knows what the power of praise can do. And that's what this message is about. We have a powerful weapon in praise. Powerful. And I encourage you to get this message out. Not because I need it to go out, because it is powerful and it will change things. And you're going to see it. Put it to the test. Okay, we'll get into more of that later, but I've seen that. And I'm going to tell you a story that is so weird and wild. It kind of will blow your mind because it blew mine. And I hope I say it correctly because it's a little wild. I have a friend who is a teacher and she was teaching at a women's retreat on the top of this beautiful mountain outdoor Christian camp. Beautiful place. Loved it. It's actually Lake Lore. It's on Lake Lore in North Carolina. Lovely place. And there was an outdoor platform and it was all open air. And she asked me to lead the worship for that event which was an honor. So on the last day, which was a Sunday, Sunday morning, she wanted to do something very special, but she was nervous about it. She wanted to have a washing of feet, which (laughs) I don't know how you are. Some people are like, oh my gosh, I can't deal with feet. Okay, I hear you. Let's not let that get to you. But it, it actually made her nervous too. But she really felt that this was what the Lord was leading her to end this retreat with an opportunity for women to come together and wash each other's feet as an act of servitude to each other and love as Jesus modeled. But she was nervous about it. And we prayed about that. It was really something that she knew. She knew that God wanted her to do, but she was nervous because she didn't know how people would take it. And and I get it. Okay. So it's Sunday morning of the day that she was going to do this. And we are on top of this mountain in this open air building kind of structure. And it was time for me to go up and lead the women in worship to prepare for this, this last session where she was going to do this. And so I get up and I'm on this little elevated platform looking out at the ladies. And this is wild, but I'm telling you the truth here. All of a sudden, right before we started, hear me out, this horrific smell started rolling across the mountain. I don't know where it came from. I don't know what it was, but I'm telling you, it was 
horrible, horrible. As I stood up there getting ready to sing, I watched while people were getting up, the ladies were getting up out of their seats and going to the back and retching. It was that bad. They were literally standing up and retching. It was so awful. And I'm like, where is that smell coming from? What am I supposed to do? And I didn't know. I'm like, okay, here, you know, what do we do? Do we wait for this thing to go away? Where is it coming from? I don't know. And and there may be a very real reason for this. No one ever figured it out. I don't know. But all I'm telling you is this horrific smell just kind of wafted through and settled in this open air arena kind of thing. And it was terrible. So these women are walking around retching. And I'm like, oh my gosh, what am I supposed to do? Lord? what am I supposed to do? So I felt that I was the Holy Spirit as I'm praying. It's like, just start praising. (laughs) So I'm like, okay, guys, we're going to go ahead and move on with worship. We're just going to go ahead and worship. (laughs) So we started singing praise. We started it. And I kid you not, that smell dissipated and went away. As we started singing those praises, that horrific stench left. I'm just telling you what happened. Believe it or not, it happened. And it left the power of the praise, drove it out. And I saw it with my own eyes. Okay, so we got to the point that we started worship and went for three, four, five songs, I don't know, worshiped. And it was amazing. And not because of me, but because, yes, we all saw this happen. It was amazing. The power of praise just settled into us and it was great. So I went and sat down into one of the benches with the rest of the ladies and uh, my friend got up to teach. And as she got to the point where she was about to lead the women into this washing of the feet, here it comes again and you could smell it. It was like, oh my gosh, it's coming back. And it was probably 20, 30 minutes after the worship had stopped. And here's the smell again. And we're like, oh my gosh, it's going to ruin this. So I said to the ladies that were sitting next to me, let's start praying. So we started praying, Lord, stop this, stop this in the name of Jesus, stop it. And I'm, I kid you not, <laughs> it went away. Okay, whatever. You believe that or not, I don't care. I saw that happen. And I'm blessed because when you start praying, and praising, and you start seeing the power of praise, you're going to have experiences like that. You're going to see it yourself. I want you. Don't take my word for it. Start praising. Because I'll tell you what, this is a time when we need to praise. At the end of that session, I can tell you that there were chains broken, like physical uh, things that were broken. One of them was somebody I love very, very much. She was struggling with alcoholism. Her life was pretty much a mess for reasons that uh, she had been left by her father when she was three and just couldn't get it together. Her whole life had been fighting that specter of being abandoned by her dad and the, the alcoholism that she was dealing with. I saw that broken that day. It was broken. I'm telling you, I saw it. So the power of praise is powerful. I'm going to leave you with that. Don't take my word for it. Put on some praise music and think about this. So what does that have to do with where we are right now? Okay, because as I've been sorting out all of this election chaos, and it is chaos, one of the gifts I have is the gift of discernment. It is one of the gifts listed in the Bible. 
And you can discern how the spirit is moving. And sometimes it's also the evil one, the enemy's moving as well. Confusion is a sign of the enemy's stronghold. Confusion is not of the Lord. So when you see massive confusion, like we see right now, you don't even have to have that gift to know that the enemy's behind it. And that's what we have right now. So we are faced with a time where we are completely divided and the only way to get out of the situation is for God to show up. And I believe he's going to show up. I want to encourage you with that. So the other story that the Lord taking it back to the Bible, which is important, we have to do that. The story that God keeps giving, not only me, but I'm hearing it come to other people who are teaching right now and speaking out is the story of the Red Sea moment when the Israelites were in bondage in Egypt and God set them free. The minute Moses walked into Egypt, even while they were still physically in bondage, the minute Moses walked in and approached that Pharaoh, they were free spiritually, but physically they were still in bondage. Even through the years in the the wilderness, they were free, but it took 40 years to get the mental bondage to be defeated so that they could go into that promised land. That's another story. But we are right now at a Red Sea moment. This is what the Lord has been speaking to me and he's been speaking to other people as well. One of the things I look for is how God's speaking similar messages to different people. I, I see that and it makes me excited because I know God's not going to give a different message to different people. If it's God, he's going to unify the body. That's what Jesus says. He calls us into one, one spirit. We are one mind. He is the head. So these messages will be the same. They'll be similar. The same kind of things. God is moving in that way. So we are at a Red Sea moment. So if you will, I'm going to read from Exodus 14. And I'm reading from the Holman Christian Bible. So if you want to pull that out, pull it out and read along with me. From Exodus 14, I'm going to start at verse 6. So he, Pharaoh, got his chariot ready and took his troops with him. And he took 600 of the best chariots and all the rest of the chariots of Egypt with officers in each one. The Lord hardened the heart of Pharaoh, king of Egypt, and he pursued the Israelites who were going out triumphantly. They were free. The Egyptians, all of Pharaoh's horses and chariots, his horsemen and his army chased after them and caught up with them as they camped by the sea. Besides, I don't think I'll pronounce this right, but Pihara, Pihara, I can't pronounce it. Okay. (laughs) But it was in front of Baal Zephron. Why is that important? Because that is a high place, a place of worship for a false god, Baal. Baal was a god that had a lot of uh, child sacrifice. If you study Baal, I don't, I don't spend a lot of time studying Baal because I don't want to. It's terrible, but that is the truth that he was a god who they would worship them by presenting their babies, child sacrifice. Horrible thing, right? So God brought them there in front of Baal Zephron. As Pharaoh approached, the Israelites looked up and saw the Egyptians coming after them. Then the Israelites were terrified and cried out to the Lord for help. Now, have we been crying out? Yes, we have. I've never seen more people cry out to the Lord than I have right now. It's astounding. And keep doing it because he's listening. Let's go back to the story. Then they said to Moses, 
Is it because there are no graves in Egypt that you took us to die in the wilderness? What have you done by bringing us out of Egypt? Isn't this what we told you in Egypt? Leave us alone so that we may serve the Egyptians. It would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than to die in the wilderness. Whoa, that's fear talking. That's when they see that they're surrounded and doubt starts to set in. Folks, that's where we are right now. Freedoms, things like that that are so important. They are gifts. They're not guarantees. They're gifts. And they're, they're beautiful and they're worth, they're worth speaking out about. But they were surrounded. And the Lord brought them to this place. He brought them right before this false God. Why? Because God wanted to show up in a big way. When we are faced with the sea behind us and the enemy surrounding us, we have no other option than God himself and to call out for him to show up. So this is what the Lord says, starting back in Exodus 14, verse 13. But Moses said to the people, do not be afraid. Stand firm and see the Lord's salvation. He will provide for you today. For the Egyptians you see today, you will never see again. The Lord will fight for you. You must be quiet. (laughs) Doesn't that give you chills? So what happened? So as they're complaining to Moses, the Lord said to Moses, why are you crying out to me? Tell the Israelites to break camp. As for you, lift up your staff and stretch out your hand over the sea and divide it so the Israelites can go through the sea on dry ground. I'm going to harden the hearts of the Egyptians so that they will go in after them. And I, God, will receive glory by means of Pharaoh and all his armies and all his horses and chariots, chariots and horsemen. The Egyptians will know that I am Yahweh and I will receive the glory through Pharaoh, his chariots and his horsemen. God's going to get glory through the enemy. What was meant for evil, God is going to use for good. That's where we are now. God is going to show up. The enemy is not in control. God is. So we need to be quiet. I think that's where we are right now. But there's something else that we can do. And that is start to praise. Because when you are facing the Red Sea, in your Red Sea moment, stand firm. Watch what the Lord is doing and begin to praise. Praise and worship is a weapon of spiritual warfare. We can start praising the Lord because I believe we're still going to see him show up in a big way and heal this land. His promises, he's faithful to everyone. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, I will then hear from heaven and heal their land. And again, I'm paraphrasing that. But see, when we go into repentance, he's going to heal our land. And I've seen it. I've seen the repentance. Have you? Pray for your nation. And God will hear Hear us and hear our cry. So rather than complain or speak out like the Israelites did about, hey, this is terrible. This is over. This whole mess, this confusion, the fighting, the division. It's just terrible. I don't know what to do. That's so easy to do. And that's that's part of our human nature. But instead, when you feel those complaints, choose to praise God, to quiet your heart 
and praise him. Turn on that praise music and dwell on that. Refuse to complain or agree with the enemy that this is over. Everything's terrible. This division will never be healed. We'll never be one as a nation. That is agreeing with the enemy's plan. Instead, agree with God's plan. And Jesus said that I want you to be one, the body to be one. We're divided right now, but that's not God's plan. That's the enemy's plan. Jesus and Jesus, we are all one sisters and brothers in Christ. It doesn't matter where we come from. It doesn't matter what our backgrounds are. We are all the same on equal playing ground in the kingdom of God. And that's something to celebrate. I don't know what God's going to do, but my secret suspicion is it's going to be big. And not because it will benefit us, but because his name will be known. I think, I think that's where we are. God wants his name to be known in these days. I pray that it is the day of the latter rain, the great harvest. When praying, I felt like God was saying, pray for 72 hours. I'm like, 72? I mean, this is me with God. This is things I'm sharing with you that are my conversations with God. Take them yourself and ask the Lord what he's calling you to do. But I heard praise for 72 hours. I'm like, 72 hours? What? Turn off the news and praise me instead for 72 hours. That's what he was telling me. So I looked up, okay, why 72? And from Luke 10, I'm going to read this to you. After the Lord appointed 72 others and sent them two by two ahead of him to every town and place where he was about to go, he told them, now get this, this gives me chills. The harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. Go, I'm sending you out like lamb among wolves. Do not take a purse or bag or sandals and do not greet anyone on the road. Why? Because the harvest. 72, he sent them out two by two in 72. The first ones to go proclaim the gospel message. And he was sending him out like sheep among wolves. But God was with them. And God is enough. So for 72 hours, I personally am going to praise God like never before. They're going to be making fun of me at work because I'm going to be singing. (laughs) I don't care. I've been driving down the road singing at the top of my voice. And I know people are like, what is up with that girl? But that is okay. Because thankfully, we're all talking on our phones now. So you can't tell when you are singing to yourself at the top of your lungs, right? (laughs) Anyway, guys, I'm going to wrap this up. It's gone on for a long time, but I want to leave you with this. God is on the throne. With all of my heart, I believe we are at that Red Sea moment. It is not the time to complain. It is not the time to keep our eyes on that enemy who surrounds us, that confusion, and that all the powers of Pharaoh, which is Uh, symbolic of the enemy, the chariots, the horsemen, the power, the social media, the tech oligarchs, um, you name it, all the powers, they seem like they've got the upper hand, but they don't because God has the upper hand and he's about to show up. All we need to do is keep our eyes on God. So be still yet praise him. I know that kind of conflicts. You know what I mean? You know, there are times to be still and let him talk. And there are times to lift up our voice, especially when we feel stressed out, when we're scared or depressed, confused. That's the time. Praise him. I can promise you that that Holy Spirit will change that in you. 
and you're going to see a change. I don't know how God's going to work. I don't know what he's going to do, but I know that what was meant for evil will be used for the good, for the purpose of saving many lives. That's a promise. And I'm praying that. I still believe that God will not let us down. I know that he hears our prayers. I know that he wants to heal our land. That's his will. And he wants us to be one in Christ, not divided, all these divided teachings in churches. He wants us to be one in the gospel message. And I'm going to take it one step further. I'm going to leave you with this. This is all about the harvest. That's why the enemy is bringing out his best horses and chariots and he's chasing us to a dead end and he thinks he's won, but he has not. He has not. Because God is about to show up. And you know why? He's brought the whole stage. He has set the stage from the enemies, the chariots, the best horses, all eyes of the world, all the media, everything is watching this moment, this red See moment and God's about to show up. I can almost see it now. So, I'm Kelly Langston. I hope this encouraged you. You can reach me at info at Kelly, K-E-L-L-Y, Langston.com. And if you would, help me out by sharing this message. It would mean a lot to me and I would love reviews because that also helps get it out get the message out the better the ratings the reviews the more this can go out and people can find it and that's what's important really just to get the message out because it's a powerful message because the gospel is powerful and uh be a part of that so keep your eyes open guys until next time i'm kelly langston and start praising i'm gonna be listening okay (laughs) start praising because we're about to see Did you know that you can impact the world in ways you can't begin to imagine? Don't waste one more minute feeling helpless about the chaos in the world today. You were never meant to be powerless in perilous times, tossed about in a chaotic storm of corruption, politics, terrorism, and uncertainty. It's time to stand up God's way. The next 40 days are going to change your life as you discover one of the most powerful and often overlooked ways to pray. Experience the power of praying God's word in a book I wrote, 40 Prayers for Perilous Times, Powerful Intercessory Prayers for an Upside-Down World. And you're going to expect God to respond, because He will. Join me in bold intercessory prayer based on God's biblical promises. God is unfailingly faithful to his word, and he honors every promise. He will answer. After 40 days, you'll see that prayer is one of the most thrilling aspects of Christian living. The book includes 40 days of prayers based on scripture, and then an area for you to write your personal prayers too. So you do it as you read it. So I'm Kelly Langston. You can find it on Amazon and check the episode notes for other links.